Welcome, Andrew, to the business of. Um, you're my first American guest. Um, I just recently interviewed my first international guest, and she was from the Canary Islands, and I've done some in the UK. You're my first kind of across the, the Greenwich Meridian. So uh, welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. well. uh, I don't know, would you like to maybe just kick us off, uh, break the ice a little bit, tell us about yourself, um, what it is that you do, why you do it, etc. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Megan, for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I, I didn't know I was going to be the first American guest. So hopefully I can represent us well here. <laughs> but, no pressure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so my name is Andrew Ryder. I am sort of a, have an interesting path, I guess, it, it, looking in retrospect at how I got to where I am today. Uh, I've always been very engineering minded, very math, physics, science person. And I never, you know, always avoided writing. I always avoided reading until um, you know, I, I was working as an engineer and I would commute, I'd ride the bus to and from work every day. And I got so bored of just playing phone games and looking at Instagram memes that I finally decided to open up a book. And I opened up, I, I started reading and eventually I got my hands on Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm -hmm. which is a pretty, pretty popular book in like the real estate space. Yeah, And that book really opened my mind up to the idea of business and entrepreneurship. I didn't even know that that was something that you could do with your life, that you could own a business or that you could do anything like that. You know, I obviously knew that someone owned the business that I worked for, yeah. but I never connected the dots before that. And that started me on this process of, of trying to become an entrepreneur, you know, I had to find more out about this and learn how I could do it for, for myself. And, you know, long story short, I, I made all the mistakes in the book and I kept ignoring the fact that I had all these ideas that would pop into my head. You know, I tried to start all of these sort of gimmicky type of businesses, but I would always have these ideas pop into my head about how just interesting connections and different um, ideas or stories that I eventually started writing about, and this is why it's interesting that, you know, looking back, I would have never thought that I would be so interested in writing, in copywriting and marketing and in reading and all the things that I tried to avoid <laughs> growing up. <laughs> um, so, you know, that brings me to sort of today where that's mostly what I do is write. And I look for unique and interesting ways to teach business lessons, marketing lessons to generally to um, sort of aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, course creators, and online business owners who are, who are really trying to get started, who are trying to leave their job or trying to go full-time in their business and looking for you know that client load or that um, number of sales to get to that point. So it's interesting that you... Uh... That, that you bring up content and so on because I am a copywriter by trade and uh, mm -hmm. you know so I understand kind of trying to get people to buy into your business through the message that you uh, are conveying to the world so um, one of the uh, things that I'm quite interested in uh, but watching your little video about your time on the train in New York was um, how 
you can easily turn any random story into content for your emails and your social posts and books and courses and so on. Do you want to maybe dive into that? Because one of the kind of questions that I get asked a lot is where I come up with my ideas for my own content as well as for the clients that I write. But in addition to uh, what I do for a living, yeah, what, yeah. When, when I'm doing my training sessions and so on, uh, you know, people ask me, they, they don't know where to even start looking for ideas in terms of the content they create. So maybe you can just delve into that because you've kind of got a little secret into how to turn yeah. anything into content. <laughs> yeah. So I want to, before we dive into that question specifically, I want to take just a step back sure. and say that content, at least in the way that I define it, isn't just for your social posts. It could be your blog. It could be a book that you're writing. It could be really anything. Uh, it could be a sales letter, it could be you know email marketing that you do. So everything that I'm trying to write, even if it's the double opt-in email, or it's a, a you know confirmation. Here's your ebook that you downloaded. I want that to have some sort of something that makes it interesting, something that makes it unique, and makes it worth their time to read. Because yeah. I don't want to, you know, if, if someone if someone opts into my email list, for example, and they download a training that I have and I send them three emails right off the bat, right? Because they're getting a like a thank you email, they're getting a, a double opt-in or they're getting a, you know, here's your product and they're getting the first email yeah. that is like actual content and they start looking at it. There's, you know, if there's not any good content there, it's just like, hey, here's your ebook. Yeah. That's training people to think that my content's not useful or there's not really any value in reading it. Mm-hmm. So I want to set that that precedent early that you know everything that I send you is going to be worth your time, even if it's just a simple, hey, thanks for getting this product. You know, here's something you might not have noticed otherwise, or you know, so there's there's a lot of these opportunities out yeah. there, right? Uh, so uh, before you get yeah. to the random story thing, um, you've actually just made me think of a, a conversation I had with a client the other day. And uh, well, they weren't a client, it was another business owner. And she was saying that she'd just been on a course that uh, these guys, it was also an American course, uh, you know, you need to send daily emails as a solopreneur or um, a, a small business. And it doesn't matter what you write in these emails. It's all about branding and getting your name in their inbox. And I kind of thought to myself, that to me, like my inbox is like a slot machine, quite honestly. You know, I don't want to have the superfluous content coming in all the time. Uh, So I try and only send out an email when I've got something decent to say. Um, Maybe I'm not sending enough emails uh, to my client base. So where does that kind of... um, value come in surely you can't have something valuable to say every day uh you know is a daily email really necessary as a small business owner i think that um you know what you said it does you said you know that they recommended writing every day no matter what and you doesn't doesn't matter what you say i would disagree with that statement i think it really does matter what you say because if you're i mean i have i have plenty of emails that I get every day and I always delete them without even looking at anything. I just look at who it's from and I delete it because, you know, and, and a lot of them are in my promotions box now, but I just know that 
it's going to be really spammy and it's not going to be valuable for me to read that email. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if you are trying to build a brand and get that name recognition, surely you'd want to control or influence what that brand is going to be. And if you want to be the, the brand that is just sending a bunch of spammy kind of annoying emails that are constantly getting deleted, well, then it probably doesn't matter what you say. But if you, you know, a, a big thing for me is building relationships rather than just trying to go for, for transactions. I think that not only is it better for the client, better for their um, journey on this path to solving whatever problems it is that you help them solve, but it's better for you because if you're just using tricks and tactics to get people to open your emails and then timers to get people to buy your programs, you're going to end up with a lot of people who aren't really great fits, who just kind of got sucked into the hype around your program. And you'll end up with a lot of refunds. You'll end up with people not doing the work. You won't get any back end sales. You won't get people getting great results, testimonials, referrals, everything that comes off of making, you know, a, a building a strong relationship actually selling them something that they want, that they need, that they're excited to use. Yeah. So that, you know, all that being said, I write six or seven days a week and send an email uh, six or seven days a week. Um, I try to write every day. Oftentimes on Sunday, I'll just take a day off and read and have coffee and have a relaxing day. Um, (laughs) Cause I, (laughs) you know, it's uh, I'm conflicted because my favorite morning routine would be to just wake up, get some coffee, get a book that I'm reading and just sit and relax and read. That would be my favorite thing ever to do um, in in the morning. But that's also my most productive writing time. Mm -hmm. And so most mornings I'll get up, get my coffee and write for a couple hours and then, you know, get good on with my day. But um, yeah, if I, if I had it, if I had it to choose, I would probably switch it around and just read (laughs) anyways. So, but, but it's, I I can't pass up on that good writing time because that's when, you know, my brain's really firing. I'm making the right connections and Mm -hmm. just writing well. So anyways, I think, you know, there's a, there's a marketer who I used to follow a lot and and he does this and he was sort of, there's a few different people who, when I first got serious about my business, there's a few people who all recommended publishing as much as possible, you know, at least daily mm-hmm. to, um, to get your message out there. And so, you know, based on that, I decided, okay, I'm going to publish every single day. Mm-hmm. And, and one of them was Frank Kern. And his idea is that more equals more, which is sort of a silly way of saying that the more emails you send, the more content you create, the more opportunities you have to connect with your audience. And obviously you want all of these to be as high quality as possible. You you don't want to waste people's time. You don't want to give the wrong impression. You want them to be valuable for sure. Uh, The more you can do that, the the more quickly you're going to build trust the more quickly you're going to build a relationship, the more sales you're going to make, the more money you're going to make in your business. So that's the idea of more equals more. So, you know, I think we're slowly working our way around to 
how do you right that's kind of what you're asking like yes, how yeah. do you create more and more and more content and have a lot of content that is still high quality because you don't want to just you don't yeah you really don't want to waste your customers time yeah you don't want to send them things that are you know not valuable to them and and there's sort of a you know you can send a pretty blatant sales pitch and not waste someone's time, right? It's not just about super complicated, extravagant content or like well-articulated blog posts in every single email. It can be really informal. It can be a sales pitch. It can be, hey, you know, I'm, I'm launching a sale on this product today and I think it's going to be really valuable for you if you're following all my other stuff. And, and that can be valuable, right? I, I think a lot of times we sort of confuse the idea of, because there's such a, a negative stigma around selling because of the way we see a lot of these spammy type of marketers, they're all looking for transactions. They're trying to use clickbait headlines and sort of dishonest marketing to gimmick people into sales. There's a really negative connotation around the way that we sell and we market our products, but you should want to sell people your program, because it's going to be, you know, if it's a good program, if you truly believe in what you do, it's going to be the best thing that your prospective customer can do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, you're doing them a huge, a huge service, right? That's mm -hmm. the whole point. It's like when, when you go to, if you were to, you know, fall off your bike and you break your arm or you get really scraped up and you go to the hospital and they're like, sorry, we're not selling anything today. So you have to come back tomorrow. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, you know, the, the only thing you want is for them to, you know, get to an x-ray, like fix up your arm, bandage you up, take good care of you, give you the service that you're looking for, and you'd be happy to pay them to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So just because your content is selling something doesn't make it less valuable yeah if you know what i mean yes yeah yeah cool so, so let's oh, let's get back to the original question on yeah turning the <laughs> random stories into content because like i said uh most people doing their own marketing and uh you know most small business owners uh they are they're controlling their finances they're trying to do their sales they're trying to do their marketing they're juggling multiple things and their mind is kind of overflowing with their, their to-do list and the tasks on their on their plate so they do struggle and uh you know to come up with viable and interesting and valuable content so how do you take nothing and turn it into something? How, how do you turn water into wine? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting way to put it. I like that. Uh, I will, I will try to do that for you here. Um, the, the way I like to think about it is through storytelling. There's, there's a lot of different ways to approach content creation and, I think a lot of people try to like, there's this idea going around that if you post your most valuable information for free online, people will be so impressed and they'll think, wow, you know, I've, if this is what they give away for free, I can only imagine what it would be like to buy their, their program. Mm -hmm. I take the opposite approach and instead of trying to give away sort of tactical information based advice, most of my free content is sort of philosophical in nature or psychological in nature. Mm -hmm. And that's because 
there's this quote I really like from Derek Sivers. He says that he says, if information was the key, we'd all be billionaires with six pack apps. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> because the reality is the information is out there. You know, you can go to Google and you can find all of these tips about how to do all these different things. There's too much information and you, know, you can go out there, you can find it, you can follow it. And yet we don't, right? We, for one reason or another, not motivated or we're spread too thin across too many different ideas. What is really missing is the inspiration to commit to a particular system or a particular approach, right? And we see this with like New Year's resolutions, for example. We will make a huge effort over a two or three week period to get in better shape, to stick to a diet plan, to go to the gym, to write a piece of content every single day, whatever it is, right? And then after a couple of weeks, we haven't really noticed any results because it takes it takes longer than just two or three weeks to really start to see results. Yeah. And that's when you get hit with another marketing message that's like, hey, I bet you're struggling with this system. You need to try this instead. And so we we jump off to something else, right? And that it's not necessarily that the system you were doing wouldn't work. It's that you weren't consistent with it for long enough. So so, and I'm getting off track here again. We're going to get around to oh, talking about how to I, I love generate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I I stick to stories because they're going to, you know, storytelling is such a innate way for humans to communicate. You know, there's a reason why I can walk you through the plot of a Disney movie that I watched when I was five years old, but I can't give you the play-by-play of like a super technical article that I read last week, yeah. right? We're just so designed to communicate through stories. And even as, you know, as like a five-year-old kid, you can understand really complex ideas that are in these Disney movies of like good and evil and interpersonal relationships and communication. You can understand all of these complex ideas through a simple story, you know, that's really well put together. A lot of these Disney movies and yet you can't, you know, you don't have the words to, to explain it, but you understand the concepts through that story. You know, I think that a lot of business owners think that they don't have any ideas, but really their, their structure in how they go about writing is wrong. You know, and we, we talked about, I like to sit down First thing in the morning, that's when I do all my writing. Um, it's that's very intentional. And when I sit down to write, I I always have a topic that I'm going to write about. I never sit down to nothing. I'm always throughout the day looking for just random anything that happens to me can be a you know it's it's like uh, I don't know who says this. I've heard it in a couple of different places, I think, but basically the sentiment is that everything that happens to a writer is good because you can always write about it. And so, you know, it can be the worst day of your life and you're just create, you're getting so many good ideas to write about for, you know, your business or, or for, if you're, you know, a fiction writer, even you can tie that into the novel that you're writing. So, you know, I, I sort of take that approach in that, Everything that's happening in my life, everything that I'm reading about or everything that I see 
on social media has potential to be something that could be a, a valuable lesson for my audience to understand, even if it's just, hey, I saw this, you know, the government's doing this. And here's how we, you know, as because your your followers are are following you because they prescribe to, you know, whatever philosophy it is that you bring, whatever approach it is that you bring to solving that problem. And so by just going through current events and a lot of, you know, you look at a lot of like YouTube channels, people have built businesses just around every day, just saying, Hey, here's a daily update on what's going on in these markets. And here's how, you know, if you believe this philosophy that, you just keep hammering home every day when you're when you're sharing your content, sharing your approach. If you believe in this philosophy, you know, here's how we are going to navigate this new hurdle. Because there's new there's new hurdles, there's new things coming up all the time. So yeah, I, I'm just looking and constantly generating a list. I have a a note in my phone where every time something happens, I will just pull up pull it up, write down just a quick little like not even a sentence, just a couple of words. Sometimes it can be a sentence. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I have a really good idea for the actual copy. And so I'll write out a couple sentences uh, that are in my head. But most of the time, it's just a couple of words about a scene that I saw in a movie that, or a quote that I liked that really reminded me of, of something that, uh, you know, I like to teach. So, you know, that's, that's really it. I think where, so where a lot of people are getting stuck is they're trying to sit down and think of a topic and then write it and then edit it all in the same block of time, which yeah. are like really three different things that you should be doing. I would never recommend sitting down without an idea because you're just going to sit there and look at your blank screen and the cursor is going to be blanking. And then you start to think, oh, like, I'm not good at this. I don't yeah. like writing. And it yeah. just goes downhill from there. That whole writing thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's self-imposed in that sense that if you have an idea and you just sit down and immediately start writing something out, you get the momentum going the other way and you do, you know, you write something really good and then you start noticing different connections between different things that you're writing and it, you know, it just takes off from there. Yeah. Yeah. Just a note on writer's block. I don't know if uh, you kind of believe in writer's block. I think it's kind of this myth because if you sit down, if you start typing, eventually things will start flowing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't believe that writer's block is a good thing. I get stuck, like you say, at the idea creation side of things. Um, you know, that's that's block for me. Writing about it is not the issue because once you start and you press that first key, it kind of just starts flowing. So um, yeah, I think writer's block is more idea generation block than than anything mm -hmm. else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. And um, writing for me is super momentum based, and so if you can get in and just start writing, like you said, just start getting your fingers moving, your brain will catch up. Yeah. And, um, even on days when I felt like I wasn't motivated, didn't want to write, if I can just sit down for five minutes and write, you know, for five minutes of a bunch of junk that I'm never going to publish, <laughs> yes. I can at least get the momentum going enough to where I can write something that's, that's pretty good. Right. Or it's, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, good enough to, <laughs> to get out there. Um, I was going to say something about 
And I forgot where I was going with that. Well, uh, yeah, the struggle is, that's the story of my life, quite honestly. I, I kind of, um, I'm going to tell you a story and I start and that, oh, but wait, this will make a good, yeah, you know, yeah. and then you, and like, are... you lose you lose your way and you can't find your way back. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are great moments where you have more ideas just exploding in your mind than you can possibly write. And you're like, I have to stop what I'm doing and just start writing down each of these individual ideas so that I can keep track of everything. Yeah. That's, that's the best. I love that. Uh, I remembered what I was going to say. And it was that there's an exercise that I do with my clients is to really get an understanding of your, what I call it, your lens, which is like the way that you view your world, your, the problems that you solve, the, the problems that your customers are having, or the mental blocks that your customers are having, the way that you look at it and how that's unique from your competition or, or things that they've tried in the past. Because when you have a really clear idea of what it is that you do and, and how you do it, if you can train yourself to look at the world through that lens, all the time, you find these little things that pop out at you where, you know, maybe you're walking your dog in the park and you realize that something that your dog did is like a perfect lesson for your customers. Or you realize that, you know, you're watching just a TV show or you're cooking or whatever happens, you can make that connection because you're, you sort of train yourself to have that awareness of, you know, oh, this is completely unrelated. And you know, I, I have to say that a lot. I'm like, hey, I'm going to tell a completely unrelated story. And by the time we get to the the moral of the story, it's going to make perfect sense, but you're not going to have any idea of where this is going for the next yeah, couple yeah. of minutes. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's, it's kind of that natural thinking, isn't it? Uh, people, you know, I, I call it creative thinking, and I think probably that scares people away because as soon as you say the word creative, you people shut down because, oh, I'm not creative and all that kind of thing. But it really is lateral thinking, isn't it? Because we, we've been taught from a very young age that problem solving is linear. And so you kind of, you know, there's your problem, there's the solution and there's the, you know, the end of the problem or whatever. But natural thinking, in order to make those weird connections and make interesting content, you have to be looking outside of what you're actually uh, trying to explain because people might not, you know, it might not resonate with them by going in a linear path, but they might understand, you know, and this is one of the powers of storytelling is they, they might then buy in a lot more and understand the concepts that you're trying to communicate a lot more easily um by by okay and it's, it's all about it all comes down to kind of observation of the general world around you and being able to connect the dots through through lateral thinking yeah that's that's absolutely right and it's so much easier to explain and not every time you know not every single person is going to relate to every single story that you tell mm. but you're just constantly hitting it from different angles you're going to find the angle that, you know, that one person needs to hear that just completely, it makes it click in their head. It completely works for them. And that's the difference between, you know, them signing up for your program versus 
versus not really ever fully understanding what it is that you do because they don't, you know, they don't make that connection in the same way that maybe it makes sense to you as, as the business owner, or it makes sense to someone else in your audience, you know, all of the experiences and all of the things that we go through in our life really. And like you say, you know, we've been so trained to approach things linearly, but in my experience, the, the brain doesn't work linearly, Uh, especially, I, I mean, there's definitely value in having these linear processes for things like, you know, checklists for, um, pilots, right. Airplane pilots, they have a checklist for literally everything and they need that. And that's a huge part of their job, but especially in creative work or in, in persuasion, I think there's, there's a lot of value in, in being sort of non-linear or another way to think about it would be, you know, we talked about being consistent with your content creation, but also being sort of inconsistent in a way or being unpredictable in that you're bringing a whole bunch of new and different ideas and you're combining them or you're just, you know, every day is going to be something new and interesting that your audience is excited to open up. You know, one of the things that I always talk about, you know, people are, are, that there's really into swipe files and headlines and conversions and open rates and sort of that tactical side of things. But when I look at my email inbox, I'm looking at the from line. I'm looking at who it is that's sending me that email before I even look at the subject. And oftentimes, you know, I have a couple, a handful of people that I read all of their emails and, you know, I, I have that relationship with them to where I don't, sometimes I'll get into reading the email and I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't even look at the subject line. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, I'm following this person because I want to learn how to be a better copywriter, be a better marketer. I need to go back and look at the subject line and figure out how they've, you know, dissect everything, break it down. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I forget to even look at the subject line sometimes because of that relationship with the actual person. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, it's not like a, person in person relationship. It's just that they've consistently sent me valuable content. And so that's, you know, that's the approach that I'm trying to take as well is to be consistent, but also to be interesting and entertaining and Mm -hmm. build that relationship. But, but by having a something new to share something unique to share every day that hits it from a different angle, rather than just you know, here's another three reasons why you need to do this instead of doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to embark on a little lateral thinking exercise here and show the audience how to uh, kind of connect the dots because we're going to circle back around to using something for content. But first, we're going to talk about leadership because um, that is the starting point to get to uh, where I'm going. And I, I, you, you probably know where we're going with this too. So leadership, I've, I've interviewed quite a few people now that's kind of, especially now during COVID, you know, with businesses closing down and companies going through hard times, you know, everyone needs to be a leader. You need to be not just a market leader, but you need to be a people leader and you need to be able to lead yourself and so on. So um, do you want to maybe delve into why leadership is firstly more important now than it ever has been in the past uh, in kind of our 
Uh, we're not really post COVID just yet, but headed yeah. in that direction, hopefully. <laughs> yes. Fingers crossed. Uh, fingers yeah. Crossed, yeah. Um, and then what, <laughs> what steps you can take right now to stop following and start leading, even if it's simply leading yourself or setting yourself apart uh, from your competition in the business space? Leadership is it's a fascinating concept to me. And I've sort of had to take a step back from leadership because a lot of the people, a lot of the customers that I work with are not really in that frame of mind as as a solo entrepreneur, you know, most people think of leadership as sort of a corporate mid-level management type of a position mm -hmm. where you have, uh, you're approving timesheets and you're distributing workload at, or it's big influencer types of people who are very clear thought leaders in the space. And they're, they're setting that trend for the industry they don't really see how as someone with a small audience or someone who's just getting started, they don't make the connection between being a leader and, and what they do. And so I've content creation is my main focus. Yeah. And there's sort of, you know, you can call it content creation or you can call it thought leadership. It's really the same thing. It's how you propagate your ideas into the marketplace and help people go from where they're at now, where they're struggling, right? To solve their problems, take them on that journey into a, a better future, yeah. right? But where I like to start with leadership is a concept I call self-leadership. And you might think of it like self-discipline. It's really by leading yourself, by committing to the, co the commitments that, that you make, by following through on what you talk about. You know, it's like becoming the person who's able to be successful with what you teach. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have sort of worked their way step-by-step step to figuring out how to solve a, a particular problem that, um, you know, that, that they solve that they want to help other people solve, right? That's how they get into this type of solo entrepreneur business. And you sort of, along the way, you forget all of the little things that you had to do you didn't just go from, you know, starting out to immediately, like, I'll, I'll give you uh, an example because uh, my fiance and I are gluten-free and uh, she's a nutritional therapy practitioner. So she works with women and helps them with gut health and diet and exercise and how to, you know, improve their energy and, and decrease autoimmune symptoms through those sort of pathways. Yeah. And so we started out with changing our diet and, you know, you know, it took us like two years to go from eating just like junk food. And, you know, I, I used to have like, we have these, uh, they're like bigger than a personal size pizza. It's called a DiGiorno. And it's like, I don't know, it's maybe a 10 inch pizza. And then we have like this, I would have a pizza and a pint of ice cream on like Saturday night. And it was probably like at least a thousand calories. And, you know, it, it took us, you know, first we, we like only ate half a pizza and half a pint of ice cream. And then we, we stopped, you know, we started eating like higher quality pizzas and less ice cream. And then we, it, we very slowly made all these little incremental changes along the way. And then, you know, now looking back, it's like, oh, you know, yeah, we just, are gluten-free and it's yeah. not a big deal, yeah. but for someone who's trying to make that transformation, 
it is a big deal. And so recognizing that, you know, sort of what's easy for you or what you take for granted now is not easy for your prospective customers. So really living that out and leading by example. That's what I think of when I think of self-leadership is demonstrating how by doing exactly what you do, just following and watching and doing what you do, that someone can get results with your program. And I think that's a really, it's a really powerful and underestimated um, mode of leadership. Because if you think about how as a baby, you know, you may not necessarily remember this, but you can understand that as all babies, you know, they, they learn by mimicking, they learn by watching what their parents do, listening to what their parents say, and slowly starting to mimic those behaviors. You know, even so much so that some people are unfortunate enough to have pathologies and problems and all these issues and baggage from their relationships and things that they learned from their parents, right? (laughs) But you could also learn, you know, you also learned how to walk and to talk and to do everything else in your life just from watching. Yeah. Yeah, You couldn't even understand the language, but you could see what they were doing and piecing it together from there. And so as, you know, the leader of your business, you know, it, if you have any followers, even if you don't have any followers, you're, you're leading yourself, right? Those actions that you do every day in that role as leader really demonstrate, they teach your audience or teach yourself how to be consistent, how to get results with your system. Awesome. So you, um, I think in that answer, you mentioned thought leadership um, and obviously thought leadership. And this was where we were going with the lateral thinking exercise uh, to come back to to content. Um, So thought leadership is obviously a a very valuable form of content. Um, It's it's the the best way really to spread your, your message and build a following and kind of build credibility. Uh, how does it differ from the average kind of blog? Because, uh, or, or even like an op-ed piece, you know, uh, it, because thought leadership is kind of opinion-based, but it's not necessarily something that is kind of really out of left field necessarily. It's, it's kind of, at the end of the day, you're still trying to sell your service and sell your product and get people to buy into your philosophy, as you call it. So how does thought leadership content differ from kind of just slapping a blog on your website and publishing random crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, all of the, um, the entire conversation we had around content creation you know, leading up to this point is still applicable here. I think that thought leadership is more of a, it's a position that you take more so than it's difficult when you are starting out or you are you're in a big niche with power players and and you sort of think of yourself as just this small like i'm not too like i don't have that much to say i'm not an authority and and you mentioned you know the distinction between being a follower and and being a leader it's sort of that mindset shift of if you have, even if you don't have any followers, you know, but maybe you've got a thousand, maybe you got 10,000, or maybe you've got 50 or 10, right? You, they're following you because they want you to lead them. And so with all the content that you're putting out there, that should be your intent is to say, here's, here's the vision that I have for 
our future together as we're going on this journey. And it's um, instead of, there's this example that I really like that not everyone really relates to, but it's, it's from the movie 300. And the uh, this movie is set like 2,500 years ago. And it's uh, sort of in ancient Greek times and, and the Persian empire is expanding into Greece and uh, Xerxes, who is the, he's the God King of Persia. He's, he's the King, but he's regarded as being immortal as, you know, sort of untouchable and heavenly. And he's leading his army, his expansion, trying to conquer the world. And he's moving into Greece and the Spartans are sort of the last line of defense. They have to step up to fight at this particular location. That's, that's strategically advantageous for them. And so the Spartans bring in about 300 of their warriors, as the story goes, against maybe 10 or 100,000 Persian. Um, you know, they're bringing these magicians and beasts and slaves and all of these different, uh, you know, they're, they're very intimidating and, and their massive army that they're bringing into this battle. And the Spartans just kind of walk in. They've got a shield. They've got a sword. They've got a spear. And there's two different, you know, at the, at the beginning of the battle, Leonidas, who's the king of Sparta, meets Xerxes, right? The god king of Persia. And in this scene, you really see the two choices that you have as a leader in your industry. Xerxes rides in on this giant golden pyramid. He, it's being carried on the backs of his slaves who are toiling, they're sweating, they're literally being crushed by this thing that probably weighs thousands of pounds. And when he, he comes down, he, uh, a couple of the slaves will walk into in front and they will hunch down and he steps on their backs as he's stepping down onto the ground. And so that's really a, the whole, everything supports him. You know, it's a, pyramid shape and he's at the top and all of the followers and the worshipers and the slaves all support him and his conquest and in his personal glory. But when you look at Leonidas on the other side, he is walking in shoulder to shoulder with his warriors. He is sweating. He's dirty. They walked the whole way together and he didn't get any special treatment when they were training as they trained for all battles, you know, he was in, in the mix fighting, hitting each other. They're getting bruised up or, or whatever it is that they're doing, you know, they're yeah. training together, they're bonding together and they're on the journey together. You know, it's the Spartans would fight in what's called a phalanx, which is interestingly, it's also pyramid shaped. And, you know, Leonidas is at the front of that phalanx. He's the first person to engage in that battle. And, you know, he takes the the full force of the persian the persian army that's you know coming in trying to overwhelm them and it's exactly the opposite of of what xerxes does right he stands back and he says you know go and attack and die and win these battles for me but leonidas is at the front he's fighting he's leading by example yeah, yeah. right and, and so when i think about thought leadership i don't necessarily think of it in a different way sort of tactically from all the other types of content that, you know, we've talked about and, and, and how to really engage your audience and to show them 
the way, you know, lead the, lead the way for them. But I think about it in terms of that sort of mindset where, you know, you can be the type of business owner who's publishing all of this content that is, um, you know, really has your best interests at heart. It's you're trying to make a sale. You're trying to get people to sign up for your programs. You're trying to make more money, get more testimonials, grow your business all for your personal benefit. Or you can think about it sort of from the idea that we're all in this together. This content is really, you know, I want to change your mind. You know, I want you to buy my programs. Absolutely. I, I want you to get amazing results, but I want you to succeed. And that idea of being in it together, succeeding together, going on the journey together, it's not just good ethics. It's not just caring about your people. It's, you know, as, as Charlie Munger says, he's um, Warren Buffett's business partner. He's a very, very successful investor, you know, widely regarded as one of the best investors of, of all time in, in businesses. And he says that if crooks only knew how much money you could make by being ethical, they would all do things the right way. And so, you know, that's to say that it's not just like, it's easy to see how if you do this massive launch and you sort of use all this FOMO and all these bonuses and all of these tactics to get a huge launch, a huge influx of people, it's easy to see how you, know, you can make a lot of money today. Whereas maybe if you try to do things more ethically, maybe you're not going to have as successful of a launch today in the short term. But what we fail to see, and this is also, you know, this is due to that sort of linear mindset that we've been talking about. We think that, okay, I'll just do this launch today and then I'll do it again next week. And I'll do it again the week after that and just keep doing these launches and keep making a bunch of money. Yeah. But what we fail to see is that your decisions and your actions build on each other exponentially over time, not linearly. And so if you make that ethical decision. Maybe you don't have the biggest launch that you could ever possibly have, but you also don't have as many chargebacks. You know, you have high quality customers who know what they're buying, who mm-hmm. are intentionally buying it. They want the, to get the result. You know, they're going to do the work. They're going to give you a testimonial. They're going to refer people to you. They're going to sign up for your other offers. You know, one of the most important things that you can have in your business is a continuity program because just, you know, if for no other reason than for the peace of mind of saying, I don't have to make us like, I'm not fighting to pay my rent this month. I've got, you know, enough money coming in off of that continuity recurring income that, you know, it gives you a little bit of freedom to breathe at least, you know, get your composure together and go out and do something that's actually going to help people. You're going to make more money. Right. But the, um, over the long term, if you, you know, treat people with respect, you build a relationship with them, you continue to give them valuable advice and you continue to work with them over the long term you know, you're going to find that your business is so much more successful than if you just think about how can I get the most people in this launch and then just ditch them and go on to the next launch. Awesome. Um, that should be, world leaders should listen to this podcast and listen to that explanation because we, we need more of that in the world, not just in business. Um, you and- know, that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, I I was sort of, I waited for a long time for someone else to, you know, I felt like, like I said at the beginning, and maybe we can get into this if you want to, but 
I pretty much made every single mistake that you could possibly make in trying to start a business and spent a whole bunch of money and got ripped off and, and all of this stuff in the process. I sort of realized that there was a chasm of leadership. You know, there was, no one was really talking about these things and everyone was sort of buying into this charade that you have to do things. You have to do all these gimmicks and tactics and things in order to be successful. And I waited for a long time for someone to really come out and say, like, speak up for sort of the ethical side of marketing, because I I do believe that it's better if you do it ethically um, for all the reasons that we just talked about. But, you know, I started to realize after a while that, you know, maybe this was my message to share. And, you know, like I was saying before, you know, I kept having all of these ideas and all of these connections that I was making and things that I wanted to say. And I was just hesitant. I was waiting around for somebody else to kind of swoop in and, and take that opportunity because it was, you know, it was there. And that's why I'm so, you know, passionate about leadership, right? Because it was sort of me, I guess, having the audacity to say, no, this is like, this is my uh, message to share. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to champion this message and, and be a leader in this space. Um, I am going to circle back to, uh, the advice and, and the, the starting the business thing, but, um, all right. So quick fire round to, uh, to wind it down. Uh, first question, define success. This is such a long answer for me. <laughs> it could be, so I'll try to keep it. I'll try to keep it short. Cool. Um, you know, I thought for a long time that success was starting a business that I didn't really have to do any work and it would just pay me every month and I could go retire in the Bahamas or somewhere warm and just (laughs) sit my ties. And the harder I tried to do that, the less successful I would say that I became. Success for me is good relationships with friends, family, and customers. It's good health and it's doing what you love every day doing something that fulfills you i love uh, asking that question it's a horrendous question but uh, i love asking it because (laughs) the answers are they're also different but they've Mm -hmm. got this kind of golden thread that runs through everyone and no one ever says it's you know financial or whatever so yeah great answer (laughs) yeah thank you (laughs) Uh, second question what do you do when you're not working on your business and the reason I ask this question is because I do like loads of stuff outside of the business but everything that I do seems to have some sort of creative feedback into the business so I'm always interested to know what people do when they're not working on it is there a time because obviously running your own business you uh you don't have much free time (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah you know um Right now, most of my free time is consumed. I'm getting married in like three and a half weeks. Oh, congrats. So <laughs> thank you. So I'm very much involved in all of that, which has been actually a, a very good reflection process and has generated a lot of ideas uh, on the business side of things as well. But yeah, we're playing the wedding. Um, you know, I like to be outside as well. Uh, this time of year, it's a lot of just like going for walks. It's, it's really nice here. Uh, in winter, we uh, do a lot of skiing. Uh, is there a specific resource that you continually return to that you believe is integral to your personal development? Yeah, I think there's a few. 
Um, and, and I like this question because the idea that you, know, you can continue to get, there's such a, uh, I guess, stigma around, like you have to keep consuming more and more and more and more and going after all of these new things. But each time you go back and reread something that you've already read, if it's high quality, most, most often you're going to get more out of that than pursuing the next new shiny object. Right. Uh, I, I would say that a good resource for me has been poor Charlie's almanac, which is, uh, Charlie Munger's, uh, sort of collection of his wisdom and speeches. Um, it's an expensive book. It's also a, a massive book. It's, it's probably like 60 or $70, mm-hmm. um, us and, it's, I mean, it, it's like 10 pounds. It's a massive book, yeah. but just the density of information in there, not only for business, but life advice. Well, I'll definitely uh, take a look at that and put the, the link um, to a couple of resources, uh, well, online shops, Amazon and so on uh, in the show notes. Um, okay, all right, well, uh, this probably uh, is the same question for you then. Um, so question number four, if all the books in the world suddenly spontaneously combusted, except for one, what would it be and why? <laughs> yeah, maybe I can find another one. Um, I mean, I really like Poor Charlie's Almanac as far as a like philosophical sort of um, high level resource. Um, I also really like uh, Ken McCarthy's advanced copywriting for infomarketers course. Uh, Ken McCarthy is, I, I guess you'd say he's sort of an old school copywriter. He was around kind of at the beginning of the internet and he was really advocating for the value of internet marketing. And so, you know, a lot of people consider him to be a, like the founding father of internet marketing. Uh, and he was even when the, even when the internet was getting created and it was just like text only, he was, seeing how video was going to be incorporated. And so he's a, a, a well-seasoned marketer, copywriter, and, and um, there's a lot of good ideas. So maybe I, I tackled those questions in reverse, but when it comes to marketing, positioning, copywriting, that's a resource that that I go back to a lot. Final question, um, and it kind of links back to, to something that you mentioned earlier, having made a lot of mistakes when you started your business. What one piece of advice do you wish you'd received when you started your business? I wish I knew how valuable consistency was. Hmm. I spent years just bouncing around, doing all these different things, spending money, never really actually doing any work, just looking for that perfect opportunity. Hmm. If I had started writing every day, if I had started getting on podcasts, sharing my message, you know, not only are you improving at these skills, but you're, you're growing your audience, you're building relationships with them. You know, those, those are like the two biggest things that, and then just like making good offers to, to your list as you grow it. Um, if I would have, you know, I would be, I would be so much further along than I am today if I had just done those two really simple things. Awesome. Great advice for anyone starting a business. Um, thanks so much, Andrew. Um, we've, like I say, we've uh, come to the kind of the end of the, the round. Um, we, before we 
sign off? Where can people get hold of you, find you online, etc.? Yeah. So if you want to learn to create better content, to level up your leadership, I have a bunch of free resources over at my website, andrewbrider.com. And as I said, um, I'm writing at least six days a week. Some weeks I do seven and I send that out in a daily email newsletter. So if you want to see um, good examples of storytelling and how to tie all these things together, you know, it, it pairs nicely with the training that I give away for free. And we didn't really cover, you know, sometimes I feel bad because we cover a lot of the stuff that's in the training that I give away. And in this case, we didn't cover any of it. So um, <laughs> if you want to take the next step in creating better content, I've got a, a pretty cool free training there at my website, andrewbrider.com. Well, and you can obviously subscribe to your, uh, uh, your mailer at the same place. Yes. Yep. That'd be uh, at the website. No social media or anything. Um, I know a lot of copywriters don't like being on social. <laughs> Yeah, I find that I'm happier and healthier and more focused when I'm not on social media. Yeah. So until I find a good way of doing both, uh, I won't have much of a social presence. Awesome. So uh, websites and mailer it is. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much, Andrew. I really appreciate you taking the time um, and sharing your your wisdom and your uh, your life lessons and business lessons with with me and the, the listeners. Um, I'm sure that everyone's going to get quite a lot out of this, especially the uh, kind of the SME space, the small and medium-sized enterprises that do their own marketing. Um, mm -hmm. There's a massive gap in the market for, uh, for small business owners that do their own marketing. So uh, thank you very much. Um, I know that it's kind of prior to breakfast time, your side. So um, yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will allow you to now Go and eat something, have another cup of coffee and get on with your writing for the day. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to get hungry here. All the uh, all the talking is, uh, yeah, making me hungry. So thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. And uh, yeah, I hope, hope the listeners get a lot out of this and, and enjoyed the show. Will do. Thanks so much. Follow the Business of Podcast on my website, megamillist.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at Megamillist. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Megan Darcy, M-E-G-A-N-D apostrophe A-R-C-Y. Chat soon.